You are in Garesmith Manor. It is 2.12 a.m. on Middas the 11th of Morningstar. In the eyes of the Law of Daggerfall, you are undependable. You are healthy. <laughs> Hello and welcome everyone to the Good Grief podcast, an eclectic walking tour of Elder Scrolls II Daggerfall. It's about the journey and not the destination, and we are your faithful tour guides. I am Daisy. And I'm Jude. <laughs> when we last left off, we had just taken a nice nap in the middle of this inn. What's the name of this inn, actually? Let's ask this fine gentleman. Uh, oh, this person's trying to give me a quest. I am sorry. I'm in the middle of a quest already. Hey, okay, where is... Okay, location? Tell me about where am I? Okay. The Rat and Stag. That's where we are. That's the name of this inn. That's cute. Yeah, every every like location, every every shop and inn and such like that has a procedurally generated name. <laughs> so you get so you get you get some really weird ones too. Rat and Stag is like that sounds like an inn, right? That's pretty normal. That's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty in. That's the only inn in this town. It's pretty normy. I'm not even sure it's a town. It's like it's eight houses in an inn. So we still have to get... We're about halfway done with our journey. Amazing. So, what are we drinking this morning? I made hot chocolate. So I have... Mostly because, I don't know, hot chocolate felt like a less effortful beverage than coffee. But I really want coffee. (laughs) (laughs) But then I have to wait for, like, the machine to... So I just... Hot chocolate. Right. You don't have to, like, strain hot chocolate the way you get to strain coffee grounds well i have a machine that does it for me but i have to like i have to wash out the pot and then fill the thing up with water and then scoop Mm -hmm. the thing into the other thing and i just i can't do it today see we uh we have a what we do apparently what uh, charlie and lorian usually do is they do uh they just do a hot pour over like they have like a little thing they just pour the their hot water through the coffee grounds that we don't have we have a coffee maker but i think very often it makes too much coffee for just one or two people who are using it at the moment so they just make have a strainer they strain enough to pour one cup of coffee also pour over it gives the coffee grounds like a slightly different flavor there's a lot of discourse about how to like how to make the perfect cup of coffee and a lot Mm -hmm. of people really like that method i'm not super persnickety about it a cup of coffee uh i'm drinking uh the the red edition of the of the the drink that shall not be named (laughs) because um it is an energy drink oh are you being killed right now yeah i died what i'm guessing there is something behind me (laughs) I i guess so Okay, well, <clears throat> sorry. Hello and welcome, everyone, to the Good Grief Podcast. <laughs> no, okay. And we're, All right, we're back try. in let's... the end. All right, it's fine. We didn't get very far. Sorry, we'll back to it. Okay, so. <laughs> All right, so let's not die let's, let, again. Let's let, let's keep an eye on what's going on. Hopefully whatever spawned that killed me in one goddamn hit won't spawn this time. Okay, so I think I go first this week. You do. All right. Uh, I do. I will. I would not tell you how I arrived at this topic because I couldn't tell you if I wanted to. That's fair. Um, today we're talking about kumis, or as it's called in Mongolia, irog, or as we call it, fermented horse milk. Um. 
All right. So, so apparently, so <laughs> I learned a, a lot about this rather quickly. Um, it apparently is very, very important to like the culture of the steppe. Um, the capital of uh, Kyrgyzstan uh, is named after a paddle used to churn this uh, the mare's milk into uh, irog, or sorry, cumis. Kyrg- uh, Kyrgyzstan is a, is a more if if the language is based more on Turkish or like on Turkic groups, it's typically cumis or some sort of variation thereof. But in Mongolia, they call it irog. Can I ask a question? What I'm being hit. Oh, it's a bandit. Oh, it is a there. With it's the, a fella with the bow and arrow. Yes. Okay. Near, near, near. A little dagger. I'm gonna stab you. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, he's taking a lot of hits. There you go. He's a knight. Gold pieces. He has a better helmet. Nice. Okay. I mean, now the now the helmet clashes with the rest of the outfit. Yeah, well. <laughs> you, need to, you need to kill someone with another, like, with, like, a gold <laughs> accent belt or something. Mm-hmm. All right, so I've gotten rested until I've healed all my wounds. Because <laughs> that's how you do. You just fall, you fall asleep dead to the world on the cold ground, and then you get healthy again. Um, <laughs> Can I anyway. hazard a guess that you got to this topic from Crusader Kings 3? You would think, but no. Oh, <laughs> all right. Carry okay. on. Okay, so, um, and this is still a thing that people, uh, uh, drink in that re- in that region. In, uh, I think in 1982, the Soviet Union did a, um, like a, a they did a, 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 they made a proclamation. They, like, did the research and found out that, um, there are still, there were 280,000 horses being kept explicitly for making cumis. Oh. Um, so it's still a pretty popular drink, although, uh, nowadays, uh, for, like, large-scale production, horse's milk is still, it's, horse's milk is surprisingly difficult to get as people. Um, Mm. (laughs) so, uh, so if anything that's, like, marketed, anything that's, like, put into packaging and marketed out, uh, is usually actually cow's milk, which has more, which has less lactose, but more, like, fat content, so it creates a noticeably different sort of uh it's a, it's a different experience when you use cow's milk instead of horse milk mm-hmm. so the way that you have to get horse milk is you have to you have to uh you need two people there's one person to they have to get down on one knee and they have to balance the the, the bucket on their other knee and the bucket is tie is tie attached via a string to the person's arm to make sure it doesn't topple off of their knee and then, so what first has to happen is you have to get a foal to start feeding, right? And then the second person has to quickly pull the foal away, and the person who's milking has to quickly grab the teat and continue to milk. Ooh, okay. the, and the foal has to remain in physical contact with the mare, or the milk won't, will, will stop. <laughs> so, like the the, the the foal, so the second person has to hold the foal against the horse, but not let, not against the mare, but not let it feed. <laughs> Okay. So, and apparently, uh, hang on, I have I have numbers here somewhere. Hang on. During one season, a mare produces approximately one thousand to twelve hundred liters of milk, about half of which the foal gets because you know the foal needs to drink milk. Mm-hmm. So, one horse will give you about five hundred liters of milk, if you are 
uh, in when within one season, which is usually between mid June and early October. Also, I was wrong. It's two hundred thirty thousand mares are kept in nineteen eighty two, according to the Soviet Union. <laughs> Still, which you know encompassed most of the region that um, that where this stuff is is made. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Japanese soda that it attempts to get the flavor of cumis. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't actually I'm not sure it actually has mare's milk in it, but it goes for the flavor. Mm-hmm. And like it's like it's like an opaque white soda. It's called um what's the soda called? It is uh Kalpis. Okay, or or in the, in the in Katakana Karupisu. I'm going to say a hot take. Things that are opaque white shouldn't be carbonated. Hmm. Yeah, I've actually had carbonated milk before. Hey. Um, hey. It was. I, I, you were there, actually. What? It. It was in Ann Arbor. I uh, it was at. That. It was at. It was at. It was at Zwingerman's, or not Zwinger. It's just Zingerman's. It was at that deli we went to, and uh, I got. You know what? I'm gonna try this fermented milk, and I got some, and I tried it, and I was like, nope. Actually, this is bad. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know. Interesting. But no. The capital of Kyrgyzstan is called is Bishkek, which is named after the paddle used to churn the fermenting milk. Uh, oh. What would you uh, historically um, no, uh, step uh, the step people would uh, put it, let it ferment in these uh, containers made out of horse hide, and they would either let it sit on top of the roofs of their yurts, uh, and occasionally tr- and like tr- and every once in a while they would turn it upside down to turn it, or if they were on the move they would attach it side saddle to their horses and then the jig the, the the motion of traveling with the horse will cause it to churn i love that mm-hmm. i wish we uh, did okay. that with our cars right Do you ever just okay. create you know tasty beverages on the road mm-hmm. the first uh yeah i know right um though i don't know how tasty this stuff is personally <laughs> um okay so apparently uh, our, our first recorded um evidence of using uh mayor's milk um being processed is by herodotus in the fifth century bc in his histories and i'll go ahead and read you the exact quote here now uh, apparently the scythians would uh would make some now the scythians blind all their slaves to use them in preparing their milk the plan they follow is to this is wild get ready okay. the plan they follow is to thrust tubes made of bone not unlike our musical pipes up the vulva of the mare what? and then to blow into the tubes with their mouths some milking while the others blow they say that they do this because when the veins of the animal are full of air the udder is forced down the milk thus obtained is poured deep into wooden casks about which the blind slaves are placed and then the milk is stirred round that which rises to the top is drawn off and considered the best part the under portion is of less account okay so so i think that the whole like full thing is is probably a, a nicer way to go well, about yeah. it for, for for every for everyone involved for everyone involved. the horse <laughs> oh my god mhm apparently um Apart from the method of the milking of the mare, it matches up well enough with later accounts, such as this one given by 13th century traveler William of Rubric. No, sorry, Rubruck, the, uh, which who called it cosmos. This cosmos, which is mare's milk, is made in this uh, is made in this wise. When they have got together a great quantity of milk, which is as sweet as cow- as cows as long as it is fresh, they pour it into a big skin or bottle, and they set to churning it with a stick. 
And when they have beaten it sharply, it begins to boil up like new wine and to sour or ferment. And they continue to churn it until they have extracted the butter. Then they taste it, and when it is mildly pungent, they drink it. It is pungent on the tongue like rape wines, wine when drunk. And when a man has finished drinking, it leaves a taste of milk of almonds on the tongue. and makes the inner man most joyful and also intoxicates weak heads and generally provokes urine. <laughs> I don't think... I don't so know if is... I want my urine provoked. <laughs> Here's the thing. Cumis is technically in its entire own category of alcohol because it's not made out of fruit or wheat. Or grains, rather. So it's made entirely from milk and just being aged in a certain way. So you can uh, get turnt on it. Yeah, but it's like, it's a very low alcohol content. It's like like 2% at most. Two, like between 0.7 and 2.5% alcohol. So it's a relatively weak alcohol. So you have to drink a lot of it to get turned. You have to drink a lot of it to get turned. Or if you are, as um, as our good friend, uh, <clears throat> I've already forgotten his name, William of Rubruck describes, you have a weak head. <laughs> then I, listen, catch me at the bar with just t- double fisting. Mm-hmm. And I'll show you how weak your head is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, all, but also, uh, it is technically more similar to wine, because, um, because, because the fermentation occurs directly from sugars inside of the milk, uh, rather than starches converted to sugars by mashing like beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, in terms of experience, because of the low alcohol content and traditional manner of consumption, it's much more comparable to beer. It is described as being very light in body compared to most dairy drinks. It has a unique, slightly sour flavor, flavor with a bite from the mild alcoholic content. Uh, and the exact flavor is uh, quite variable between uh, batches because, uh, you know, animals, animal horse, animals be eating different things. Mm-hmm. Traditionally served cold or chilled. There's a picture here on Wikipedia of cumis flavored ice cream at a restaurant in Kazakhstan. Interesting. So uh, there you go. And the way I'm going to relate this back to the Elder Scrolls is the Elder Scrolls has a few references to some uh, milk extracted from uh, interesting animals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's, of course, a goat and a cow, as you expect. There's also milk that is extract. Uh, uh, there's a reference to spider's milk, which I'm like, that's a spider. What? Uh, that's, <laughs> that's a sp- it doesn't have a teeth. Well, and milking uh, spiders is usually about, like, getting the poison out like mm-hmm. milking snakes it's, i think it's an alchemical ingredient that's only seen in the elder in uh, the elder scrolls uh story uh called battle spire which is like a spin-off okay uh and then there's uh there's a reference to pig's milk at one point in a like a recipe in like a book somewhere mm. that but nothing that you ever actually see in game in game i don't think you see milk of any sort as like an ingredient um, however, there is a cave, a dungeon in Morrowind with an associated quest called Milk. Okay. Uh, and I don't know a lot about that because I haven't, I don't think I've ever actually gone there in Morrowind. But, uh, there you go. <laughs> I, yeah, I just... <laughs> My, like... I don't find, here's the thing, I don't find Mm -hmm. the beverage itself that weird. Like, humans have been doing stuff like that forever. Right, Um, right. What makes makes horse milk that much weirder than cow's milk for us to drink, right? Well, and also just the the process of 
fermentation because like we've been fermenting yeah. stuff like typically it's just to like make stuff keep longer and i think in in places where refrigeration just isn't as widely available like it makes sense like that's mm-hmm. that's not that weird it's the fact the fact that it gets alcoholic is weird to me mm-hmm. and again just the the way that you came came upon the subject is just interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> um so apparently what happens during the fermentation uh lactobac- lactobacilli bacteria acidify the milk and yeasts turn it into a carbonated and mildly alcoholic drink mm. so you, ha- you maybe you do add yeast to it Maybe. Or like there's already yeast, there's like active cultures already in the milk, one or the other. <clears throat> so there you go. Uh, a few other historical fun facts. Um, during the Yuan Dynasty of China, which is when the, Mong- the Mongols conquered China and became the rulers for a while, uh, cumis was essentially made to be the replacement of tea, as far like in the upper courts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, uh, Munkakan had a drinking fountain made in the Mongol Empire's capital of Karakoram, including cumis alongside Chinese rice wine, Scandinavian mead, and Persian grape wine as a symbol of the empire's diversity and size. Hmm. Do you ever have a fountain that spouts four different weird alcoholic drinks? No, but I wish <laughs> I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tolstoy, Leo Tolstoy wrote in a, confes- a confession, he spoke of running away from his troubled life by drinking cumis. <laughs> oh leo i don't think that's gonna fix your troubled life <laughs> <laughs> no me neither he had he had a lot going on he sure did <laughs> all right uh, i think that's all i got for you well <laughs> thank you for thank mm-hmm. you for sharing I have... now you know about now you know about how to make alcoholic milk can you because you can get it you can do it with you can do it with cow's milk um, yeah, but that's not probably... the full experience. Like, can you no, no, get no. humus in North America? Uh, I wouldn't say it's impossible. It's probably going to be expensive <laughs> because you're importing it. Um, I mean, I found that guy that imports oops all berries. <laughs> you did, but that's like we're neighbors, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess. The United States and Canada. I'm surprised that Canada doesn't have any form of crunch berries in the do you have regular captain crunch i don't know i don't go in the cereal aisle that often god it couldn't be me yeah (laughs) usually if i do it's right to the uh what is it like either special k or i like kashi i like like granola kind of things cumis shopping the shopping channel food milk cumis yogurt drink why does it have a picture of a goat on the front? That's not what I want. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a way to drink cumis, like to get cumis from like an international market, maybe. Mm-hmm. Say, where can I buy cumis? Cumis, a dairy-based drink with proteins of high biological value, perfect drink to enjoy any moment. What? Zero prep description. Traditional taste, spilt uh, proteins, calcium phosphate. Is there, is there alcohol in here? It's not saying it's alcoholic. So I don't know if this is cumis actually. <laughs> Where to buy horse milk? One site said to slip a Mongolian a twenty, but I'm not sure if I want want what they give me after that. Someone says on Reddit. Okay, this seems like something you have to order online. 
Closest you may be able to get for cheap is probably kefir because they sell that, kefir a, in that, grocery stores. Yeah, that that's a similar but different thing. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, you you would have to do your own research in that regard. I'll have to I'll have to source it myself, but maybe mm -hmm. maybe one of these mornings I'll be drinking some cumis. Mm -hmm. We will, if you do, uh, keep it a surprise for me until it's time so I can, we can get my actual, genuine, authentic, shocked reaction. Great. <laughs> Alright, so uh, we'll be back with Jude's topic in just a moment after this commercial break. You can't believe me. No. Podcast chastisement of cat. Because it's rude. That's a weird. That's a weird place to put your road signs. First of all, but yeah. I'm back. Welcome back. So we have entered the little, the homestead of Hartford Court, which has a remarkably similar layout to the other inn that we went to earlier. Wow. Mm -hmm. What was the name of this one? Oh. Uh, it does. It doesn't ask, matter. Let's ask a local. Oh. Uh, where is? The Flying Stag. So we're going to continue on our way down to this much larger town of Whitewood Borough. So, what have you brought for our beautiful listeners? Okay. Um, have you... <laughs> have you ever played Club Penguin? I've not. I was, a Neopets, I was a Neopets kid. Okay, so I also have never played Club Penguin. Um, okay. But, so... This week, I wa I did watch a video essay about the rise and fall of Club Penguin by Izzy's on YouTube. So Izzy's is a really great YouTube creator. There's like so many Z's in in her name, but I highly recommend checking out her channel for internet lore. Um, so this week. She talked about Club Penguin, um, which I'm just going to give a little blurb from the Wikipedia page. Uh, Club Penguin was a massively multiplayer online game, or an MMO, which mm -hmm. I did know what that stands for. Uh, I guess it technically was, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Involving a virtual world that contained a range of online games and activities was created by New Horizon Interactive, now known as Disney Canada Inc. Players used cartoon penguin avatars and played in an Arctic-themed open world. After beta testing, Club Penguin was made available to the general public on October 24, 2005, and expanded into a large online community such that by late 2007 it was claimed Club Penguin and had over 30 million user accounts. In 2013, Club Penguin had over 200 million registered user accounts. While free memberships were available, revenue was predominantly raised through paid memberships, which allowed players to access a range of additional features, such as the ability to purchase virtual clothing, furniture, and in-game pets called Puffles for their penguins through the usage of in-game currency. <laughs> The success of Club Penguin led to New Horizon being purchased by the Walt Disney Company in August of 2007 for the sum of $350 million, with an additional $350 million in bonuses should specific targets be met by 2009. 
Um, so the original target demographic for this game were children ages 6 to 14. Keep that in mind. Um, yeah. There was a major focus uh, from the developers on child safety, I would say, to, to start. Um, there were safe chat modes. There were uh, filtering that prevented swearing and, um, like, the the revelation of personal information, um, as well as moderators who patrolled the game. And then there have been a couple kind of revamps of it. There's been a, a whole bunch of stuff. Like, I'm not talking about Club Penguin, like, the history of Club Penguin. We are going to get more specific here. Um, but it should be noted that there's been... Um, the like the original game was uh shut down in 2017 and was replaced by club penguin island um which only survived a year um the original game has since been hosted and recreated on a number of private servers using swf files from the game's old website um but many of those private servers were shut down in may 15th of 2020 um after uh after copyright stuff from disney yeah who'd have thought who'd, the mouse, who'd have the, the mouse has really good lawyers yeah um but that copyright situation did kind of in come from concerns of uh pedophilia and child pornography I don't know how my topics always always seem to end up in creepy creepy old men doing creepy old men things. Um, yeah, and one of, one of the people who was running those private servers was like arrested for some some sketchy stuff. Um, so this is an MMO that existed. There's now a Club Penguin rewritten that is a fan-made recreation. Uh, for now. For now. Uh, but it is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company and or Disney Games with intera and Interactive Experiences. Um, so yeah, the the major kind of downfall of of the game, as, as Izzy's kind of said, was um, the the monetization and the kind of in-game purchases uh as well as kind of making the the overall experience just really unfriendly towards new users you kind of had to be there for years to get any any amount of stuff to make the game enjoyable um so a lot of people used cheat codes and um you know, way, ways to generate invites or free membership trials or that kind of thing. So there was a lot of, a lot of scams, a lot of viruses, a lot of like mm -hmm. stuff like that. But a lot of people who did manage to hack their way in to having, you know, unlocking certain privileges that they should only be able to access through paying, which, you know, I'm very much for. <laughs> I'm very much Generally. for general, like, yeah, pretty much. If stuff is behind a paywall, especially if it's stuff about a penguin game mm -hmm. for children owned by Disney, no less. Like no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just so in order to kind of crack down on people who are hacking and cheating and breaking the law, um, mm -hmm. as well as people just committing in-game crimes, 
there were there were moderators that I guess worked for Disney and worked within within Disney. However, you could also join various police departments in game. In game. So, mm, welcome okay. to <laughs> Club Penguin Police, the team that keeps Club Penguin safe. A post on clubpenguinpolice.blogspot.com from May 2007 says, Don't lie. Hello, penguins. <laughs> so far, we've had lots of lies on request emails. Please note that your pro, which we get during reading your request, con- I guess your profile, Contains the following, the amount of bands you've had, where you're from, if you've ever been hacked, your username, your penguin's age, your secret agent status, your real age, but not your, your password. Secret, your secret agent status. So, yeah, in order to become a police officer in Club Penguin, you have to have reached um, secret agent status, which it seems you can do by doing, uh, like, becoming a ninja. They worked, like, there there were, there was at least one group that I believe was kind of started in, in the UK that worked with moderators and straight up just did, like, go, go around reporting internet crimes. Secret agent status, or as we like to call it, a snitch. Literally, oh you you would submit your your profile to this one like this one email address, and they would look up how how old your penguin was, how long you'd been in game, basically to check if you were an upstanding citizen. Um, and then you would be able to make arrests in game and ban people and do all that kind of thing, which is just insane to me because one it seems like the standards for becoming a cop in club penguin are higher than becoming an actual police officer (laughs) um but also who 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 got onto club penguin and was like you know you know what this needs, what this society, this utopian penguin society needs. It needs a police department, and I'm going to be the police department. Yeah. Um, so obviously because it, uh, Club Penguin was affiliated with, like, was owned by Disney, there was, like, a bunch of special events that involved, like, Disney characters. There was a Marvel superhero takeover situation where... The police department acted as a guardian under the civilian class. They were originally formed at the beginning of the events of the takeover when Loki and the other supervillains threatened the safety of the island. Um, During this party, both the police department, uh, EPF, and superheroes worked together to intercept and arrest the aforementioned supervillain. So the EPF, I believe, that was the elite penguin force... Um, which was a special agency of highly skilled agents that helped to keep Club Penguin safe. Uh, highly skilled. Yep. What skills are necessary for being a police... Uh, sorry, a, what skills are prized so highly in, in the, the force? <laughs> I really could not tell you. 
Uh, the Elite Penguin Force debuted on November 25th, 2008 in the video game Club Penguin Elite Penguin Force. There was an actual spin-off game. Oh. Uh, it, okay. It was created by the director of the PSA, which was Peng- the Penguin Secret Agency. So there, a lot of this is like in-game lore, um, but then there was also just, again, this this fan group that seemed to work with with moderators and so there were police officer skins and obviously like games and that kind of thing i should say the club penguin wiki is very lovingly maintained and i can i can very easily see how this kind of like it's there's this very elaborate again lore the club penguin lore about all of these, all of these people, um, I think many, many of whom were like just characters within it, but also it's insane to me. So I was thinking about, you know, why, why do people play cops in video games? Uh, yeah, because I, I, I can't imagine that every single person who is a moderator in a chat is necessarily aligned with um, being a police officer in real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe just like a homeowner's association. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alright, so what are the conclusions? You you, you, sound, you you sounded like you were asking that question as if you had come to a conclusion. Well, because then I started looking <laughs> around then I started looking around at um like, I was trying to find some academic articles to see if anyone had kind of written about this and about, like, the psychological, um, like, whatever kind of goes on in our brains that's like, I'm going to play a video game for children and be a cop. Because I'd imagine quite a few of these were kids, but obviously there was some some amount of moderation uh, and connection with adults and with programmers. Um, so... I was looking around to see that, but when you kind of look into violence or crime in video games, all you really see is, you know, are are video games making our kids more violent? Or, you know... I don't think Club Penguin (laughs) makes those headlines. (laughs) Not really. And yet Club Penguin was a breeding ground for actual crime, for actual, like, child grooming and... You know, to an extent, like, theft, but who, who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. But, like, pedophilia. Um, while it actually had, like, an in-game and community police and moderation force. Um, so, I mean, it kind of goes to show that the existence of police within a game does not prevent crime from happening. Um, right. Shocking. Uh, <laughs> Especially when the, when the the police are just amateur or not amateur they're just they're moderators on an internet forum yeah like they're they're not they're not tackling people. yeah some of the i do just want to say the joining requirements for the club penguin police on this blog spot um your penguin has to be 30 days old and you have to be 9 to 13 years old if you are not any of these then please don't lie when you send us a message we'll get your profile which will apply which will apply every single invitation. I have no idea how old the person that wrote this was. 
Um, and to become a police, you must live in or near the UK, North France, or Turkey. Wild. Hmm. Wait, is this... Wait, hang on. Are these actual... Were these sponsored by, like, the... Or was this, like, an official thing that the game owners, like, the people who run the game set up, or were these amateurs? This was an amateur. Okay, so they were literal, like, hey, we're we're a club. We're, we're literally just a yeah. club like any other club in Club Penguin, except we're cops. Yes, and there were... We are 9 to 13-year-old cops. And there were a few of those. So, like, the... This blog spot is one of the few that's still up. I found another website that stated that they worked with moderators to do this, this, and this. So it's it's really kind of unclear how much, like, how much was actually part, part of the game. Like, it seems like the Secret Service situation was, like, part of a bigger in-game thing. So if you become a secret agent, then you can become part of the police department and do policing within the game but there were also just fan communities of presumably kids and adults who were like let's let's be cops Mm -hmm. so i was like what's the mentality behind that and shockingly there's not there's not a lot of stuff written about like the urge to become a police officer in games there's a lot of lists of like best police games to play online and they all kind of look like crap yeah. uh, <laughs> they all just I, look I, really I, bad one is one is barbie fashion police which looks pretty cool <laughs> um i w- i wonder because there's a lot there there was a, a surge a year or two ago i recall of popularity in role-playing communities within grand theft auto online mm-hmm. uh and of course, uh, the next thing that, that, that there's another one that people play a fair amount. That's a uh, Red Dead Redemption Two online, right? Um, which cops become, you know, the sheriff or the marshal or whatever. Um, but like in any case, I wonder if there. I wonder it would be wild to me if there, but also completely un, like I expect it to be there. If there is an RP group for being cops in Grand Theft Auto, there. Well, I and I hope everyone believes that. I did look that up briefly because i was like that that seemed like the logical the logical um (laughs) predecessor to club penguin obviously is grand theft auto 5 um and there are several like videos and playthroughs of people just playing as cops in the grand theft auto games um Mm -hmm. and some of it seems to be just just for laughs but it is a thing that people just do Right. And it's it, it is it is interesting to be like, hey, we're gonna role play like, it's, I mean, we're gonna role play as someone who's against literally all the mechanics in this game. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, we're I'm, we're kind of doing that now. It's like we're gonna not use fast travel. We're going to actually just walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just it's very, it's very strange and it's very interesting. Um, this kind of stereotypical trope of you know cops and robbers um but people opting to play the cops and i guess uphold these ideals of but it can't even here's the thing it can't even be 
in-game or in-universe laws necessarily because every person, because we're all just scattered across the globe, are going to be operating from their own, um, like, their own sense of justice and their own personal worldview. Right, there's no codified set of laws for every amateur cop out Mm -hmm. there. Besides, like, (laughs) what seems to be just, like, don't cheat, don't hack, don't lie. Um, Everything's kind of up to interpretation. Um, Which is just, again, kind of explains why so much crazy stuff and, um, like, personal... uh, information being leaked and that kind of thing you know like it's 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 very it's very sad actually but it's it's just a very it was a very interesting phenomenon to look to look up um because again during during izzy's video uh she was talking about just the different kind of clubs and fan communities and that kind of thing that came came out of Club Penguin, and so I started Googling around, and I was like, oh, there are police, and you can be one. And oh it just it just made me think of, you know, what what we're doing here, and how often we're, we're fleeing from police, because that's kind of... It's true. That's part of... It's kind of an, an implicit part of the game. It's like, if you want to do yes, certain they things... Yes, made it so you could do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you want to do certain things, you are allowed to, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But, like, who logs into a game and is like, I'm going to adhere to and uphold and enforce the laws of this game and of my own mentality onto without, other players? Without being, a- without being asked Literally, to without notice. being asked. Like, it's one thing if you're a moderator in a Discord server, because then you're, like, you're being asked to do that by the person who owns the Discord server, and you say yes, mm-hmm. because you want to help the community and all that. Whereas, in this game, literally no one asked for these 9- to 13-year-olds to help moderate. Yeah. In conclusion, MMOs are a mistake. No. Uh, uh no. no. <laughs> but Club Penguin probably became a mistake. Um... I don't think P- Club Penguin ended up being what the creators of Club Penguin were thinking. No. Yeah. It. I think it. And again, if you want a, if you want a very in depth video and explanation of Club Penguin's history and existence, check out Izzy's video on on her YouTube channel and subscribe because she's again fan- fantastic and really really well researched. But this was just a. How's it spelled? Izzy. Uh, it's like I. Z Z Z Y Z. Hold on. There's so many Zs. Mm-hmm. Though I guess if you just type in I Z Z Y Club Penguin, you'll probably find I Z Z Z Y Z Z Z. There's six Zs. Izzy's. Yeah. <laughs> the rise and fall of Club Penguin. It's an it's an hour long video, and it is worth it. People are people. Some people are scared off by um by long. Watch long watch times on video essays, and I'm like, that's that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> I I love listen. I hate having to stop what I'm doing to find what to watch next if I'm like doing some stuff. So it's I love having a long video because then it's like it's on, it's going, 
and I don't have to worry mm -hmm. about picking the next thing. And we're going to be talking about the same thing for two hours, so it's not going to be like a movie yeah, and I don't... where there's like distinct scenes. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I feel like our mm -hmm. uh, target audience might also appreciate... I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, that's basically what this if... is. Yeah. If, you listen, if you're willing to listen to two weirdos just talk about whatever <laughs> comes into their brain um, for an hour, then you're willing to listen to probably H-Bomber Guy and all them. Yeah. <laughs> Who are right, admittedly so. more edited and scripted and yes, yeah, concise, concise, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we've made it to West Brown. Um, is oh, hello, sir. Um, is there an inn here? There is good because I am about to pass out. Well, don't do that. Let's see if I can walk to the inn before passing out. I think I can. I hope if I you, can. Which I have six fatigue left. If you pass out just in the street, will they? pickpocket you or something um something might happen i think it might get arrested for vagrancy nice <laughs> okay here we go let's get a room one day three gold pieces talk uh tell me about where am i the queen's woodchuck i love that no nice all right well th this uh this far uh, we can't. I can't look at the map right now because I'm indoors. But uh, we've made we've made some good distance. I expect within three episodes we'll be we will make it to the location of our quest. Yay! And technically, this all happened within the span of one day. Like it was like it was like two a.m. in this game when we started, mm -hmm. or thereabouts. And now it is three uh, thirty-eight p.m. Wow! So we haven't even lost a whole day, even though we slept on the ground for a little while after fighting that bandit. Yeah. Kidoki, uh, da -da. thank everyone who's watching and thank everyone who is listening uh, after the fact. You can watch them live or watch the VODs after the fact uh, here on this channel at uh, twitch.tv slash lackadaisakill. Uh, and you can, if you want more of uh, Jude's fun hot takes, <laughs> he ha and also just his drag you can... and his art. He's getting a lot into painting these days. I I've been doing a lot of painting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and plug your. Uh, you can follow my Instagram at instagram.com slash misgender underscore wpg, or on TikTok, which is just misgender, but it's miss like m i s s. You got there first. Yep. On TikTok. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nice. Okay. Until then, uh, we will be back next week. May the road rise up to meet you. Later.